This is an Equity Beats Media podcast. Hello, everyone. It is Bryce and Ren here, co-founders of Equity Mates Media, and we're here to announce our IPO. That's right. Equity Mates' initial party offering is here. FinFest is coming. We're calling all bulls, bears, and party animals. The market's closed, the bar is open, and we're trading ideas at Australia's biggest investing festival. With expert speakers, special guests, DJs, and booze, it's an inspiring and empowering event for investors of any level of experience. So save the date, 15th of October. October 2022, head to equitymates.com slash finfest to register your interest today. Equitymates Finfest is powered by Stake. Equitymates! I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. Equity. Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast that covers our journey of investing. Whether you're an absolute beginner or approaching Warren Buffett status, our aim is to break down your barriers from beginning to dividend. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going? I'm very good, Bryce. Very excited for this episode. We're speaking to a company leader of a company that I can't claim to understand, but a company that I am hearing so much about from the Equity Mates community. So very excited to maybe not fully understand it by the end of this episode, but definitely understand it a lot better than I do right now. That's it. It's our pleasure to welcome Dr. Leslie Chong, who is the CEO and Managing Director of Imugene. Leslie, welcome. Thank you so much, Bryce and Alec, for that lovely intro. <laughs> so this is uh, par- in partnership with the ASX CEO Connect, which brings together listed companies and retail investors, hosted virtually by the ASX every second month. It's a great opportunity for you to hear from CEOs and leaders of some of the most popular companies on the ASX from the comfort of your own home. So go to the CEO Connect page on the website to find out more and register your interest. We have been lucky to partner with them and get uh, six interviews over the coming uh, year and Leslie is uh, one of the first to join us and we're really excited. So if you haven't heard of Imugene, it's an ASX listed biotechnology company working to change the paradigm of cancer treatment, trading under the ASX ticker IMU. Uh, Leslie has over 20 years experience in leading clinical and department development uh, in oncology, including at major pharmaceutical companies, Genetech, GSK and Roche. And apologies if I pronounce those wrong, Leslie, but we can't wait to unpack this all. So Ren, let's kick it off. <laughs> Leslie, I'm sure this won't be the that won't be the last thing that one of us mispronounce in this episode. <laughs> so you're just gonna have to forgive us for that. But look, we love to start these interviews by having the company CEO describe their company in their own words. So to kick us off today, what is Imugene? I think Imugene is uh, by definition is quite simple. We're trying to change the paradigm of how patients cancer patients are treated with uh, therapies that are out there. I mean, cancer, as we know it, is just a heinous disease. Uh, it's, it's a mutation gone awry in your body, and they used to either cut it out or they used to just put chemo on it in hopes that it would just kill it off. Or there's radiation, of course. Um, and then we started attacking sort of the signaling pathway. And now we've moved on to immunotherapies. And righting the wrong of your immunity is exactly where imaging is at. So we've got various different products that modulate your immune system to fight your own cancers in a way. Because we think that that is a 
possibly a nicer approach, a durable approach uh, with, with safety and toxicity being kept at bay. Because again, it's your own immune system doing the fight against your own kinds of cancer. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of jargon over the next sort of 40 minutes. Um, so let's start un- unpacking that. Immugene has three technology platforms, Oncarlytics, CF33 uh, Oncolytic Virus and B-cell Immunotherapy. For those of you like us who aren't science scientists and have no idea what all of that means, can you take us through each of those platforms? Absolutely. So it's a virus and we all know what viruses can do, right? Mm. Right now we're living in the age of COVID and the pandemic and it keeps mutating and et cetera. We have an oncolytic virus. So onco just means cancer. So we have a virus that purely has a has an extreme hatred for solid tumors and malignant cells and it only replicates in those cells. So we have an oncolytic virus, pretty easy to understand, right? Yeah. It infiltrates into solid tumors, expeditiously replicates implodes that malignant cells and then imparts the virus and then that whole process happens again and again. And with that backbone of an oncolytic virus that we call CF33, we have also put placed in this gene or or a signature called CD19. It's clustered, differentiated, and happens to be the 19th one. This gets shuttled up to the surface of the solid tumors. And then when you combine a CD19-directed targeted therapy, in that combination, you get like a three-pronged punch to the virus. So that's what we call on-car-lytics. And then we have the platform of the pure play, which is the vaccinia backbone in combination with other therapies. So those are two separate platforms. And then we have the B cell vaccine. So you have two arms of your immune system. You have your B cells, you have your T cells. And this one, what it does is it modulates your B cells to create your own antibodies, little drugs. You, your, your body becomes this drug making system that goes after a certain target. So we have a vaccine and a virus. So that in a simplest way, we've got two arms of your immunity just working against your cancer targets. If we can ground uh, this conversation in, I guess, the patient experience, uh, can you give us an idea of the world before Immugene and the world after Immugene? How has your technology changed the treatment or how will it change the treatment of cancer for patients? Well, I think it's going to be one of those situations where hopefully patients don't have to come in every two weeks, sit in an infusion chair for a couple of hours, um, losing their hair, what have you. I, you know, currently with our HERVAC studies, patients are coming in every three months to just get their vaccine as a booster shot. And then they hopefully go on to live a normal life. So that patient's experience could be pretty much, you know, controlling their cancers, being able to come in infrequently to their doctor visits and having that quality of life that we all deserve and living the life, you know, longer, better with cancer therapies in mind. So both our products has that because of our uh, modulating the immune system. So you can envision that, you know, current patients have to come in, they get diagnosed, they go through a series of chemo and battles and taking therapies and fusion chairs and, you know, oral drugs to control their side effects. 
et cetera. I'm hoping that life after Imogene and if, if a few of our products gets commercialized, I'd love to see our mothers, our cousins, our you know daughters, what have you, our families to be able to go into a cancer center infrequently, get their vaccine, get their viral dose, go on with their life. That would be amazing. My mother had uh, leukemia and uh, the process that we, she went through, the treatment process was you know, horrific. So to understand the impact that this could have um, on patients is, yeah, it's truly amazing. So Leslie, there are a number of uh, other competitors in the space working to commercialize similar technology. So can you talk us or give us an idea of what that competitive landscape looks like, who's out there, and how do you really differentiate between um, some of the bigger players? I actually love competition because (laughs) you can build on the shoulders of giants. So when they win, we win because that validates a certain target that we're going after. I'm glad that there's more choices for cancer patients, you know, because the goal of every biotech company in cancer is really not not to obliterate other competition. It's really to provide another therapy line for our patients. So this is what we're here for. So I love competition. And the competition, sure, the landscape is quite cluttered, but that's good because we're all working towards a better cure, better uh, quality of life and better responses and durability for our cancer patients. And what differentiates imaging is our safety profile. We think that we can offer up the same level of efficacy, the same level of response, even in combination, because right now, cancer therapy is all about inhibiting lots of different signaling paths, lots of different ways so that you're we're really just stifling the growth of your tumors. And so we can offer up a lot of safety and toxicity. That combination becomes much easier, right? You want, you want to be take take a lot, you want to be able to take a combination, even two, three different kinds of cancer drugs or cancer therapies so that we can really just push back the growth of your tumors or just inhibit it all together. And what's happening now is that the response rates are great when you combine therapies, but so is the side effects. And so we can offer up a very you know, good safety profile, toxicity profile, then that combination becomes easier. So I think that's the true differentiation of imaging. And with our product we call Oncarlytics, there's really nothing like it in the world um, that I can see in that we can infiltrate into every solid tumor, shuttles up these little flags called CD19, and then you add a powerful therapy against the CD19, against the solid tumor, then you can obliterate that cancer and you have that durability and the memory effect and that goes on and on. There's really, uh, solid tumors tend to be quite mosaic in um, histology and um, it it profiles itself into several different mutations. So in order to target it, you have to combine a lot of different medication or hope that the other mutation doesn't make it grow any bigger. And with this, we just cover it at one signature so that a, a powerful therapy can come in there and just obliterate it. So that's the huge paradigm shift that we're, we're hoping that we can impart into the cancer therapy repertoire. Obviously, we're an investing podcast here, and um, at some point we have to turn to the numbers. When you when you look at these three platforms, when you look at your drug development pipeline and, and all the things that you're working on, how do you look at the financials here, the, the market size, the revenue opportunity, 
what could that look like for Imugene in the future? So I think um, with Oncarlytics, that's huge because we really changed the landscape of how solid tumors can be changed uh, to be, you know, com- completely looked at by a therapy. So it's sort of a mark and kill approach, which is quite unique. So the market size could be upsize could be quite huge, um, I would imagine. But I have to be honest, I generally don't think about that when I'm looking at cancer therapies, because you just never know what the landscape's going to provide. If we produce or develop our therapies in the right way, uh, I always say, you know, um, follow the science and the value will come. And that's what I've seen in the past uh, at previous companies that I've worked at. We've developed, you know, I I have been a part of some great therapies that I've helped develop in a very niche market that have completely blown up because it is doing some significant things to uh, the cancer tumor microenvironment. So for me, if I follow the science and realize the goals of the science, all these opportunities will come up, especially the marketed value. The So if I thought about what the market's going to be first, then I would be developing a product towards that market that may or may not be there in the future. Right. So I don't want to, I don't want to discount a product just because I don't think that there might be a marketed value at the end of the day, because I really believe that if we can change how we treat cancer, then we've already created value. So you, you worked in San Francisco at one of the most reputable biotechs in the world, Genetech. So we're interested to know how does Australia compare to the rest of the world when it comes to cancer research, the trial process, and you know, particularly around uh, the regulatory environment as well. Well, I think imaging is actually changing the definition or how Australia is viewed, especially in early development. Because when I first arrived in Australia, uh, I really, you guys have really great. Um, initial preclinical data across a lot of the transformative um, science that's being created here. But it was most mostly focused on marketing products that have already been approved and not that early um, experimental, um, you know, novel therapies. And so for imaging, we have really only novel therapies that haven't really been explored before. And so it's sort of the new kid on the block for, for uh, Australia. But I've, I've sort of adopted the philosophy and the culture of Genentech. At Genentech, I was made to believe that every therapy has a chance of development if it has a scientific merit. And that's exactly sort of the culture and um, the strength of imaging because we really believe in our in our therapies and we just have to put it in the right space so that we can develop it. So I brought a lot of the San Francisco culture, which is, you know, totally just being creative and just going out there and believing and dream the dream. And so um, that's how I sort of wake up every day that we're a startup company. We're going to start afresh. We're the new kids on the block and we're really going to make a difference here. And that's that's how I sort of treat the culture of imaging. But that's really borrowed from San Francisco and Genentech, really. I love that. I love that. I think uh, some of Australia's big, uh, I guess, health companies that have been really successful have been device-based. You know, the ResMeds, the Cochleas of the world come to mind. So uh, to, to hear that we're you know, we're, we're at least making some headway in terms of these new and novel therapies and something as 
you know, as important as cancer. It's really exciting. Although we don't all, um, Bryce and I don't quite understand everything that you're talking about. It's very exciting to hear and to hear your passion. But Leslie, uh, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. And then we'd love to talk about people and culture and, and what the future could hold for Emu Jane. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. So, Leslie, before the break, we uh, touched on uh, a little bit about Imugene, the three key platforms that you're working on and um, what the world could look like uh, as you develop these these drugs and these treatments. But we'd love to turn to Imugene as a company and how you run it as the CEO. And uh, to start with, I guess at a high level, do you have a uh, leadership philosophy uh, that, you, that you bring to work as Imugene CEO? I do. I think for me, it's all about trying to support and grow the genius that resides in each of the people that we've hired. They all come from really a, a place of experience and knowledge and creativity. And I just have to build that genius, right? Everybody has the genius. Some people are great at something, not so great at other things, but I need to weed out the things that they're not great at or provide that level of support so that they can grow because I want to ensure their success. I'm not here to demise on their career growth. I really want to be a part and support that career growth for them. Sometimes it may not be a, the best fit for imaging, but I have to try. I have to see what they're great at. I also believe in work-life balance, but within the context of work ethic. 
So if you don't have work ethic to begin with, work-life balance is just out the door for me. And that conversation is so weird anyway, um, this work-life balance, because we we all have this huge goal of providing meaningful therapies for cancer patients, which could be our friends, our families. Um, so it's, it's a greater cause than all of us. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of my um, growth philosophy within the company. The culture is one of, you know, we work hard but we also play hard as well. We'd like to have a good time. This is a very stressful regulatory environment in which to work. Um, I think the shareholders are quite interesting in the amount of stress that they put on <laughs> the put on us that I try not to impart on uh, my staff and, and my family of uh, um, uh, employees. But it's all about we have a strong work ethic. We have a meaningful goal here to relieve patients of some sorts of cancer. And so for us, using that experience, growing their career, growing their genius, and then supporting them throughout. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome to hear. As we said at the top, Imugene has been one of those stocks that has got a lot of attention and had a lot of conversation in the Equity Mates community. It had a great year in 2021, returning over 300% to shareholders. I think it was third best on the ASX, uh, and it has entered the ASX 200 in December. How much do you think about the share price as CEO? Well, so um, I've had to think about it a lot lately (laughs) (laughs) due to the the world market. I mean, if not for the war, it's COVID, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I do think about it for sure, because some of our shareholders are uh, meaningful investors who also want to make that change. So I do think about it. But on my day to day, I have to really focus on the science. Mm. You know, I, I truly believe and if I build the science, they will come, right? I follow the science, the value will come. And that's where, and that's where you want me to be focused at. If I'm only purely focused on the share price and I do anything sort of tricky or whatever, that's not long lasting. Mm. The long lasting value of imaging is really to build our foundational science. And that's exactly what I do. So as uh, investors, we're often sort of told and we learn to invest in what we know. Um, Biotech is one of those uh, industries that we are all really interested and excited about, but probably one that um, particularly for me anyway, lies outside my circle of competence. There's a lot of complexity and uh, within the organizations and uh, new sort of clinical trials coming to market all the time. For our audience and for those that are really interested in investing in the space, how, how would you suggest or what's, what should we be looking at to sort of upskill uh, our understanding of your businesses and to be able to identify yours versus some of the competitors and, and the nuances between each? That's a really good question. And I don't think that it's only squarely in biotech per se. There's tech that we don't understand. I have no idea why Snapchat has things that disappear, you know, and people still invest in them. True. And so, I mean, I think the science, you know, has to be realized via patients. And that's the data that we're collecting. So I think it's always incredibly difficult to really do a fair assessment of purely the science be it preclinical, be it clinical. Um, so what I would suggest is to you look at the people and the level of experience. Uh-huh. What's been their past um, history of success? 
or maybe even if they haven't had success, maybe they've learned a great deal because I, I, I truly believe in you learn so much more through your failures than ever than your success. I mean, I think sometimes being too successful makes you a little bit too ballsy and you don't look at all the things that you could have done wrong and how to correct them, those kind of things. I've certainly learned a huge amount through my failures. Um, it's about how you get up. It's not about how you fall down. Um, and I would look at, well, the cash, you know, at hand, do they have enough money to realize on the value of what they're saying that they're going to achieve and the people? So I think money in the bank, sure, you could try to understand the science to the best of your ability, but at the end of the day, you clearly will not know exactly how it's going to play out in the patients. I mean, the way I evaluate assets when we acquire them is how well do they do in preclinical? Because hopefully even some aspects of that plays out in the clinic, you have a win. So that's exactly how I sort of invest in my assets. And I think people should um, invest in, be it tech, be it anything in that in that forum. Yeah, I, lo- I love that point about looking at the people and looking at their track record. And I think um, hearing you speak today, Leslie, about um, how you approach, I guess, the business of this drug discovery and being really focused on the science is I'm sure exactly what biotech investors want to hear. We, we always like to end these conversations with a few questions around the future. Um, and we want, would love to hear what the future of Imugene looks like. In the next 12 months, what, what does the future hold for Imugene? Is there anything in the pipeline that you can talk to us about today? So I think across all our pipeline, I mean, and when I look at my pipeline, my goodness, it's a, it's a little bit woo, overwhelming <laughs> in that we've got three platforms, five assets, and then roughly anywhere between, we're trying to look at all solid tumors in, in a capacity where we could target all of them. Uh, we'll have something like anywhere between eight to 10 studies ongoing in the clinic by the end of 2022. Uh, 10 studies ongoing with FDAs, with uh, with Germany, with South Korea, These all these different regions. Um, it's a pretty exciting and prolific time for for imaging. So in the next 12 months, you could you could see all our products being in the clinic. Some of those uh, products will have data across them, which is great. And we'll get that patient data that was signaled to whether or not we can move on to phase two um, and um, getting the proof of concept, getting the dose right to really modulate your tumor microenvironment, those kind of things, which is significant. Um, so in the next 12 months, it's a pretty prolific time mm-hmm. for imaging because I get to see across all our assets in cancer patients. What, what do you think is the greatest risk to your business right now? Well, I mean, apart from the war, <laughs> <laughs> in the next 12 months, I don't see too, too much of a risk because we're just trying to get that into the clinic, you know, short of the FDA saying our toxicology uh, exams or, or preclinical work wasn't done to the fullest and we'd have to go back. So maybe, you know, a little shift in the timelines, but that could be the risk, but we mitigate that every single day of our lives. Every single day we get up and think, oh gosh, okay, we need the FDA to come back with this. We'll mitigate it through this way. So I think, you know, um, I, I would, I would seriously think that the FDA regulatory environment is such that that wouldn't be the limiting factor. Um, I don't really see too much of an obstacle because we sort of mitigate that by the hour, on the hour. I mean, even as I'm speaking to you, I'm getting emails about this and that, and we just <laughs> we just go. It's it's um 
it's a constant just decision making and um, yeah, just navigating our products through the right channels. Well, uh, Leslie, we want to say a massive thank you for joining us today. We like to always end with the same question. Uh, We like to think as long-term investors here at Equity Mates, so we like to close on a question about the long-term. If you think about Imugene in 10 years from now, what would success look like for you? Be one of our products or many of our products already in clinic, uh, in the patients doing what it is supposed to do that it's marketed, that we've moved, you know, imaging has moved on to something uh, that's even more revolutionary, maybe genetic, you know, um, engine re-engineering or what have you, or CRISPRs and all these other neat things. Um, I would like to have seen imaging already either sold to a big pharma company or marketed a product. And then we've gone on to other bigger novel products. And because I love that early develop, early development stage, because that's where the excitement, that's where you're really trying out the science to see if it works in cancer patients. So I'll leave the, the marketing to someone else, but I would love to see Imogene or myself and my team just getting in there and being reinvigorated by a new fangled science that that's not been seen before. Love that. Love so that. much hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great way to end the, uh, the conversation today, Leslie. And we thank you so much for your time. As I mentioned at the top, uh, it's a, Imogene is a company that has obviously found the hearts of a lot of members of our community. So I'm sure that they would have really enjoyed listening to, uh, to you today and hearing it. Uh, directly from you. So thank you very much and uh, all the best with what sounds like an incredibly busy uh, 2022. Thank you so much for having me. This was a pleasure. And uh, if you have enjoyed today's interview, the ASX CEO Connect Day offers conversations like these and more. Head to the CEO Connect page on the ASX. Their next webinar is Tuesday, 12th of April. Link will be in the show notes. If you can't attend the live event online, be sure to check out the presentation recordings playlist after each event on their website. You can rewatch anything that you missed. But Ren, great to chat as always, and we'll pick it up next week. Sounds good. Equity Mates Investing Podcast is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equity Mates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Equity Mates Investing Podcast are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equity Mates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast or video. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Equitymates Investing Podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.